Welcome back. This is Reverend Cage Marple, and I am the public pro-lifer. We're going to begin a five-part series called The Failure of Abortion. Learn to forgive, restore, and heal after abortion. Did you know that about one in five women are post-abortive? That's a lot of women. That's a horrible statistic. But the opposition wants you to believe it's actually one in three women. And the reason why they're going to tell you that lie is to make abortion normal. Killing unborn people, killing any person for any reason at all is abnormal. Abortion is not health care. Therefore, not a medical procedure. It is murder, plain and simple. But let me get back to the statistic of the one in three scenario that the opposition gives you. It is counting all abortions and all the women and not taking into consideration that about half of women who have had abortions are multiple abortive. In other words, this one woman over here may have had one, but this other woman over here may have had six or seven. Maybe another woman over here has had two. Maybe another one has had four. It's sort of like the statistic that half of all marriages fail. And that's not true either because some people have been married multiple times, thusly divorced multiple times. So they don't take into consideration that some people are just, you know, repeat offenders. Rather, they just want you to believe that being married, being in a covenant relationship is a failure. Without even being in it yet. So let's just kind of consider the source and where these numbers come from. But the fact is, about one in five, maybe one in six women are post-abortive. And being post-abortive, I can tell you that it is a process to understand the entire, the entirety of what happened. It's not just this thing. You went to an appointment, you had this procedure, and you left and went home. And it, they want you to believe it is that simple, but it is truly not that simple. So in the coming podcast, we're going to be looking at five types of failure that causes women and girls to abort. Number one is failure in right relationships. Two, failure in right decisions. Three, failure in the system and the government. Four, failure in the church. Ugh. And five, failure in forgiveness. So easily, uh, that we know of, about 3,500 unborn people will die today and every day. Did you know in the state of California, at least 375 unborn people are aborted every day. When I saw that statistic, I just, I couldn't believe it. I had to try to look it up. But here's why you can't find out that information. 
California doesn't report their abortion numbers. And I would, I would have to think that that should be a law. But for whatever reason, they are exempt from it. And they're not the only ones. In Ohio, it's about 60 unborn people. In Louisiana, it's about 25 unborn people every day. And as I said, that's what we know of, because you can, unfortunately, get abortion pills from people other than abortionists. So we really don't know exactly how many abort. And we don't know who are, who, uh, are getting abortions privately in private doctor's offices, because, yes, that does happen. And in many states, there are already laws that if you do a certain amount of abortions in your private office, you have to report them. So they try to stay under the radar by not reporting, by only doing so many that they know of in order to not get targeted by protesting and ministries in the news and whomever. So there's a lot out there we're not really... um, aware of because it's not in our face, but I assure you it is exactly there. So to be clear, abortion is failure. It is showing us that somewhere along the line, we have utterly failed that we would consider killing our unborn child because of circumstances. That are not, by the way, the baby's fault. So to understand this better, uh, women who are raped and get pregnant feel it is their right to kill the rapist child. But the failure in that consideration is that It's not the child's fault. Why should the child pay for another person's crime? While understandably, it is a horrific situation to be in. I understand that. All pro-lifers do, by the way. But that is not what we should be doing to someone who is completely innocent of all charges. Now, failure is a tough word to swallow. It's like this horrible demon that follows us and torments us wherever we go as a continual reminder of our indiscretions and carelessness of our life. We did not end up on the abortionist table with the beaming smile of a martyr. We are not there because it is for the best. We are there because we are broken and we have failed miserably. Ultimately, we will understand that through failure, but we can forgive and be forgiven for our abortion failure. Is our affliction too hard to overcome? Nothing is too hard for God. And he means for you to be healed and restored and forgiven. Never forget that you 
are made in his image and created for such a time as this. Esther chapter 4.14 says, For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Maybe the child you are carrying at this awful time in your life is there to help you through this terrible time in your life. I recently saw a video of a woman who is taking care of her father-in-law who is in end stages of Alzheimer's. Now, what she said in that was, what we preach all the time regarding the people that we kill within the womb is that what if that person was supposed to be there for you to take care of you in your old age? I mean, no one would have been there for this man had her husband not been born, who she married, who was this man's father. And now they are both taking care of this man who is clearly at the end of his life. He would have been institutionalized in some home someplace for people like that, rather than being in a place where people love him and will take care of him. So it was really not just clear because you know i already know this i've seen this we've we've preached about this but when we keep taking god out of the equation and what he has for us and what is best for us we are left with this pile of gunk that we have to sort through and somehow survive it so here you are, pregnant, you have nowhere to go, you don't have a job anymore, you're about to kick out of wherever you're at, and, and I could go on and on and on, the guy up and left you. So you think it's best for your unborn child to not be born, so you're child won't be poor. But the reality is you're doing this so that you won't be. Pre-abortive women consider themselves much, much more than they do the unborn child. It is not a child's fault that they fall into the economic woes that you are in. But because of the child, if you are allowing your child to be born, might be the reason why you're going to get out of this funk that you are in and get to where you need to be and go to school, get this job, find this right relationship, on and on and on. Instead, what that abortion is going to do to you, and I promise you this is true, 
because I am, remember this, I am post-abortive. When your child has been killed through abortion, you then go through a myriad of things. First of all, you think you have relief for a moment. But then what happens is that you realize little by little, sometimes not all at once, sometimes it's a process, that you have become this useless human being that couldn't even allow a child to be born and just lovingly be his or her mother. Instead, you chose yourself, you chose your lifestyle, you may have chosen another person over this, and then you realize that this was the biggest, most wondrous thing of your entire life, and you failed miserably by allowing this child to die, and now here you are with this pile of gunk that you have to try to survive. Your child is dead now, but that relationship didn't get any better. Your child is dead now, but you still can't pay rent. Your child is dead now, and you still don't have a car to drive to get to work. Your now dead child did not give you all the things that you thought you were going to be able to have. Instead, now you're scared to death to ever become a mother because you chose to kill this child. What makes you think you're ever going to be a good mother to another? So this is the mental gymnastics we go through being post-abortive. And it's a very long and awful road. But through the saving power of Jesus Christ, I was able to look at the pile of gunk that I made. I made, no one else but me. And chose to step out of it in faith. And I'm so thankful, so very thankful that I now have a relationship with the Lord. And because of that, I will be able to see my child in heaven one day. I get to see that child after what I did. And I can't tell you how incredibly thankful I am for that. So I'll close with this now. Failure is hard. It is awful, but it teaches us. And because women like me have had this failure, we can talk to you about it so that you don't have to put yourself through this by not aborting your child, or if you have aborted, that you know that you can be 
forgiven, that you can heal, and that you can be restored. Because I assure you, abortion is utter failure. And as I promised, we will be going through all five points in the next coming weeks. And if you have any questions or any thoughts, you may go to keeplifelegal.com and let us know what those are. Also on our Facebook page, you may do that as well. And I just want to tell you that regardless of failure and regardless of anything, we love you with the love of God. And with the love that Christ showed us, we want you to have and want you to see. You don't have to be a failure. You can come away from this victorious, I promise. Thanks again for stopping by. I am Reverend Cage Marple, and I am the public pro-lifer. <laughs>